Welcome to Cats and Wax. My name is Jordan E. White, and um, I am the host of this podcast. Uh, this is my podcast. I, I'm sorry that it's late again. Um, I had said two weeks, and I did it in, I mean, it's been three weeks. Um, you know why? Last week we were in Binghamton, and I know we have so many great fans in Binghamton who made me feel so happy about working on this podcast and stuff, and um, I really feel terrible that I got home and I was just like, too exhausted. I couldn't do an episode. But look at it this way. If instead of saying it happens every two weeks, I know it's it. This is so terrible to say. Instead of saying it happens every two weeks, what if it happens twice a month? Then I'm okay, because that would be two in April, and I'll still do two next month. So, no problem, right? No no big. All right. Um, I'm enjoying some gum. It's very tasty. Um, and uh, I guess we should get to it. Let's introduce all of our, our uh, hosts there. Um, first up, here is Mr. Frank Allen. Hello, Jordan. Uh, how are you doing today? I'm good. Thank you very much. Good to know. Good to know. Um, uh, can I... I mean, you're, you're having some gum. It's kind of rude. Not to uh, let me have some. Oh, um, yeah. Here, here you go. Uh, have a piece. Thank you very much. Um, oh, oh, it's pretty good. I'm sorry, what is this, watermelon? Yeah, yeah, it's watermelon flavor. It's pretty good. I like it. It's very tasty. Oh, me too. It's very good. Okay. Um, as you said, my name is Frank Allen. I am a, uh, a host. I do some hosting bits on the show. Um, on this episode, I'll do an interview. Oh, right. And you're doing a special one, right? Because I asked you to do a different kind of um, thing, like more of a podcast type thing. Yeah, yeah. And I do that. You know, I got it worked out. Um, but I'm a, typically, I'm an interviewer, and I'm also a newsman. On some shows, I've been a newscaster, which is a lot of fun. Yeah, I mean, that wasn't real news, though. Well, I was, but I was doing the news the same way that a newscaster would do the news. Yeah, I guess. But, I mean, it was fake news. No, it doesn't matter. It doesn't matter. You know, a newscaster, somebody writes the news up. And they read it. Well, that's the same thing that I did in guard duty. You would write up the newscasting bit, and I'll read it. That's exactly the same way. All right. Yeah, I guess that's fair. Oh, that's fair. Jordan. No. Oh, oh. Um. Well, let me introduce Mr. Roy Sinjin. No, that's not what I meant. I meant, you know, if you're if you're all going to be having gum, you know, don't you think I should have some as well? Oh, I'm sorry, Roy. Um, this is Roy Sinjin. All right. Do you want some gum? Well, yes, I would like some gum. Thank you very much. My my mouth is feeling all. You know, discussing that. Oh, well, that's... I mean, that's kind of too much information. Well, thank you. Thank you for the gum, yes. Mm. Oh, yes, it's quite good. So, uh, Rory, well, uh, tell, you want to introduce yourself? No? Oh, yes. I am uh, Mr. Rory Sinjin. I am the Dean of Students at the Queen's Institute for Extra Historical Studies, which has not yet started its first semester, I should say, but, you know, we are going to start soon. In the fall. In the fall. We're still doing admissions at this point. And the first class is very much shaping up to be quite good. Yeah, we're very happy with the way it's, it's going so far. Well, that's very good to know. That's very good to know. Um, so, let's see. Um, I guess let's uh, introduce our, our final co-host, Mr. Scape White. Thank you, Dad. Thank you very much. Um, can I also have some gum? Oh, I'm sorry, Scape. That's very rude of me. Here you go. Oh, thank you. So, I'm a cat, and I like to sing, and I do a lot of things that Wait, Skate, I like. Wait, what's wrong with the gum? Well, I ate it. Well, Skate, you're not supposed to eat the gum. You just chew on it. Dad, I don't chew my food almost ever. But a gum isn't food. Gum is like 
I don't even know what it is. What do you mean it's not food? You put it in your mouth. Yeah, but you don't eat it. You just like chew it. It's like an entertainment. I don't. It's just an entertainment thing to chew, and it tastes good. I'm not sure. Who cares how it tastes? Why would you eat it if it just to taste it? You eat it, it goes in your belly. No, but you're not. So it doesn't supposed to go in your belly. Oh yes, I believe it stays in there for years. You know, seven years or something like no, that. No, I'm pretty sure that's just a myth. I don't think that's actually true. Well, regardless, you're not supposed to eat it. I mean, whether it's bad for you or not, you're not supposed to eat it, and especially you, you're a cat. And if you eat it whole, who knows what it's doing to you? I mean, that's ridiculous. You're supposed to chew it and then never swallow it. That's the dumbest thing I've ever heard in my life. Escape, just puke it up like you puke up everything you eat. Dad, I don't have to puke. Why would I puke it up? I don't know. Why do you puke up everything you eat? It's retarded. But, the, but you do it. And now it's time for you to actually puke up something because it's actually bad for you. So, you know, you should. No, Dad, I'm not going to puke up gum just because you say to. I don't puke on demand. Then why do you puke? You don't puke on your man. You just puke whenever you feel like it. Yeah, it's expression of my own self. Okay, I do it when I fear it. When I don't fear it, so I'm not gonna just puke. You are just so stupid. I'm not stupid, so. You know, guys. Okay, well, look. Let's let's talk about a couple things that aren't scapey. Wow. Before we um get on with things. Okay. What do we got on this episode? It's a big episode because, like I said last time. Things are going to be ending for every episode. Of this episode, first we've got the second to last episode of Epic Echoes, which is called The Final Domino. And I'll tell you a little secret. Big stuff goes down in this episode. It's not the series finale, really. But in a way, it, it's a kind of part one of two of the season finale. Because, you know, just the way that Epic Echoes got structured, I wrote the last two episodes because I knew, well, as you will soon see, in a way, there's almost two series finales. Or, well, you know what? The better analogy is, it's kind of like Dawson's Creek, which had one of the best series finales ever. And what they did in their last season is because they knew it was their last season. Like, the episode before the last episode was, like, the season finale, wrapping up all of that season's storylines. And then the last episode was, like, a big series finale episode, kind of, which was kind of stone on the whole show. So... That's kind of the way that I did Epic Echoes. Epic Echoes was a ripoff of Dawson's Creek? No, no, I'm not saying Epic Echoes was a ripoff of Dawson's Creek. I'm saying that the ending structure was similar to that. Wait, Dawson's Creek was backwards? No, no, that's what I'm saying. It has nothing to do with Dawson's Creek. Yeah, I can see it, actually. You know, Max Thornfield is kind of like Dawson, you know? And Jimmy's a little bit like Pacey. No, Jimmy's nothing like Pacey. No, that's not true. And then Molly would be Joey? No, because again, Molly ends up with Pacey. I mean, no, no, look, that's not what it is. There's nothing about Dawson's Creek. Just forget I ever mentioned Dawson's Creek. But we have the second to last episode of Epic Echoes on tonight. And it's kind of a finale in a way, but it's not the finale. So it's not a finale. No, but in a way, I'm saying in a way, so but it's not. No, not really, but in a way. Then, um, at the end of the show, we've got the actual physical, physical, well, yeah, whatever, last episode of Like Mother. It's our shortest show, I believe, um, with the fewest episodes overall, so it's ending first. Um, you know, Like Mother, Like Daughter, and I'm pretty proud of this one. I think it's a pretty fun ending. Hopefully you all, you all will enjoy it. Um, but before any of that, we actually have to get to something even more important, which is a little segment we've been doing pretty regularly for a while now. Um, let me grab my ukulele here. Oh, come on, Jordan. We have to do this this time. Yeah, we have to do this every time. Oh, Alright, Scapey, are you ready? Yeah, of course I'm ready. Okay, here we go. It's 
Excellent, Escape. Good job singing that one. That was a little gross, that one. You know, got a little a little graphic, but... <coughs> Sorry. Choking on gum juice. Uh, anyway, um, but it was good. Um, so, Rory, you want to take it? Yes, excellent. Yes, thank you very much. Um, Watch is, of course, the part of the show in which we talk about Mr. Frank Allen and, you know, what's been happening in his life since the last episode. Now, it's been three weeks since the last episode, so you will probably recall that in the last episode, Frank was going to take a job. He was offered a few jobs, and he was going to, you know, take one of them. It was a, a host position at Le Lieu, which is a restaurant in Queens. You know, a very famous restaurant in Queens. And, um, Frank, now, I believe you said it was a was a hosting bit for dinner theater, is it correct? Well, okay, that is what I said, yeah. But it isn't actually what it is. All right. Um, what it actually is, was, you know, you know how, like, in a restaurant, you can go in, and, um, they have somebody standing there, and they take your name, and then they, they seat you? Oh, you mean the host of the restaurant, yes? Yeah, well, I didn't know that was what they were called, but, yeah, that, it turns out, that that is what, what it is, it's a host of the, of the restaurant. But, um, so that's what they're referring to, so it's, it's like, I, I take people's names, and I seat them, and then I have to bust the tables, which is restaurant industry lingo for, um... Like, picking up their plates when they're done. I'm bringing them to the kitchen where somebody else washes them. I don't have to wash them. Somebody else washes them, but but, then, but that is what I do. So, let me get this straight. I'm sorry. You were totally wrong about what it was going to be. You, know, you believed it was a, a host segment. I mean, you thought it was a host um, position in a dinner theater, and in fact, it was seating clientele at a restaurant. Yeah, that's what it actually was. Right. So, obviously, you know, you're an as we all know, but are you going to keep the job? Well, I mean, I don't know. Look, on the one hand, it's not what I was expecting, so that sucks. On the other hand, I did sign up for it. I, you know, I, I feel bad saying I'm not going to do it right after I said I was going to do it. You know, I mean, like, it's wishy-washy. You know, makes, it's my fault. Misunderstanding. Well, yes. On the other on the other hand, I mean, actually, it's the same second hand, I, I should say. It's nice having money again. I, I got paid this week, which is nice. Um, it allows me to have money. Right. Oh, speaking of which... You are staying at my stepfather's home in Menlo Park, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, it's a, it's old. It's an old place. It doesn't have a lot of the amenities that I would like. Oh, I'm sorry. Is your free room and board not to your liking? No, no, it's to my liking. I mean, tell them I like it, you know, obviously. But you can tell them, you know, I have some requests for things that could be improved. Yeah, oh, oh yes, of course. I'll tell them that right away. You know, I'll just call Thomas up and say, Thomas, you know, Frank Allen wants you to renovate your home so he can stay in it more nicely. No, 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 not... Nothing, like, huge, but it could do with a television or two. Uh, I mean, it doesn't have any right now. And by all means, I'm sure he'll be only too happy to provide you with a free television. Well, I'm sure I'll have to pay for it. Right. Well, um, again, I would draw attention to the fact that you're a but, um, so are you going to keep the job or not, Mr. Allen? What, you know, make up your mind, please. Well, I don't know. I mean, like, like I said, it's, it's just a question of money or, or ethics, and I think... Probably I'm going to work it for another, like, two weeks, maybe, and then and then quit, because then I'll have a little bit of money again. 
But um, in the, in the meantime, on my off time, I'm going to keep looking for a job. I, I, I was trying to get in touch with Exposed again. But they wouldn't return your calls. No, I mean, they haven't yet. I don't mean they won't. You know, perhaps it's because you told them that their business was not going to work at all, and it was a terrible idea last episode. Well, it could have been. But I, I mean, what, you know, what do I know? Yes, I often ask myself, what on earth does Frank Allen know? And usually, I struggle to answer that question. Okay, well, this is a pretty interesting episode of Asshole Watch, but I think that about wraps it up. So, we know basically with Frank Allen, he's staying at Thomas Edison's place. He's unhappy with the accommodations. I wouldn't say that. I wouldn't say I was unhappy. I would just say it could be improved more. I mean, it's like it's like the difference between a, a, a three-star and a, a four-star restaurant. You know? oh, have you had to learn about that for your new job? Well, yeah. But, um, anyway. Anyway, yeah, let, let's finish up. Uh, uh, let's uh, sing the out song. Okay, you want to rip us out? Of course. Excellent. Excellent. All right, so let's get to our very first show, which, as I said, is Epic Echoes. And um, hopefully you guys will all enjoy it. All right, bye-bye. Echoes the Backward Series, Season 4, Episode 10, The Final Domino, by Jordan D. White. The Flash Pack found themselves struck dumb, standing aghast on a blast crater pockmarked White House lawn in Washington, D.C., distraught over their first ever casualty. Team leader Max Thornfield gave a horrified yell as his knees weakened beneath him. No! Brilliant inventor Molly Singh's scream caught in her throat as tears seeded in her eyes. All the color raced out of Time Turner Jill Slaughter's face. Youngster Jimmy Kovacs peered in terror between his fingers, his hands over his eyes. Powerhouse Dralis Thornfield and logician Sarah Keene, having just teleported onto the scene, barely had time to realize they were witnessing the death of one of their closest friends as my ashes drifted softly on the breeze. All present could scarcely believe that I, Julie Crenshaw, founding member of the Flash Pack, had just died at the Flash Pack's own hands. Julie? No, we don't have enough time. Dralis, Keen, move out of the way. Molly, charge up the blast again before Strygon gets- Chronal Alacrity Beam? Did you honestly think that could defeat Strygon the Annihilator? How typical! Just another example of your bourgeoisie, Earther attempts to keep down working-class, blue-collar, planet annihilators like me! Run! Quick, to the Edison Monument! The pack broke into a run as Strygon turned his desiccanon in their direction. Slaughter just managed to wrench her time-turning watch free from the device and leap clear as the- Plasma ball destroyed the weapon Molly and I had hobbled together. Run! Run, you elitist Earther snobs! Flee before the roused ire of the galactic underclass! You cannot escape the fate your own greed has created for you! What's going on here, Max? What was that, Julie? Did you just shoot Julie? I didn't mean to. She left in front of the beam. She wasn't supposed to. We were trying to stop Stragon. 
blast him into dust like he deserves when Julie detected you two pointing right into the path of the beam. Julie leapt in front of the gun. She gave her life, saving you. Julie? Julie died? Saving me? No. She saved both of you, but if we don't move it, it's going to all have been for nothing. Quick, get inside the memorial. You go in. I'll stay out here and hold him off long enough for you to bang something together. All right, but be careful. Careful is my Blogixy vidpost screen name. As the others ran inside, Dralis reached down and tore loose one of the enormous, specially treated hunks of marble that made up the stairway into the monument. She shouldered the Edis lab as the planet-annihilating Stragon flew into view. What do we have here? They left their little bully girl to beat me up with a large rock, did they? As though I'd let some pampered little daughter of the upper class touch me, Stragon the Annihilator? Thankfully, I can strike you with my desiccated from here without ever having to soil my hands with your bourgeoisie filth. Observe! Batter up! As the plasma ball flew towards her, Dralis swung the massive Edis lab and smacked the plasmatic projectile directly back at its originator. Sadly, Stragon merely widened the energy matrix around him to cushion the blow and reabsorbed the burning ammunition into his arsenal. Oh, very good! Nicely done for spoiled dilettante! And you think you can keep that up, do you? My batting average is about 8.50 last time I checked. Ah, baseball! Yet another tool for the elite to brainwash the masses into- Your mother was a flugel! My mother was a saint! You die now! While the barrage continued outside, the flashpack were trying to get a grip on themselves within, surrounded by the works of the most brilliant and prolific mad science inventor president in the history of the world. The inventor's likeness looked down on them in the form of a lifelike hollow statue. It was a little creepy. All right, gang. I know we're all thrown by the death of Julie, but we've got to pull it together. Thomas Edison invented everything from time travel to space snorkeling. There's got to be something in here we can use to take Stragon down. Flash- Wait, Max, what about Julie? We've got to, got to- um, I hate to break it to you, Molly, but I don't think there's anything we can do for Julie anymore. No, no, there's got to be something. Julie can't die for me. She just can't. What about the resurrection machine? She said that was taken from her by a flashback of the future in their time of most dire need. I want Julie back as much as anybody. But this is Stragon the Annihilator. One time I beat him with a rabbit's foot in a pickle. It's hardly our most dire. But he was less powerful then. Whatever Antima might be- No, I know Julie. You all know her. If she gave her life for Dralis and Keen, she did it knowingly. She wouldn't want us to use our only chance of beating death to bring her back unless we know it's absolutely necessary. Now it's time to get searching through these inventions. We've got an annihilator to stop. Flashpack! Flashpack! I can't. I can't do it, Max. I can't do it. Julie was better. So much better at all this. How can Keen, I? get a grip on yourself. If you can't be of any help, just stay out of the way. We can talk about it later. Hey, what about this? What have you got, Jimmy? It's a looking portal. Edison invented it in 2245. This one appears to be set to show the deaths of the world's most famous scientists. It's showing Edison facing the Balrog now, but look, here's when Sir Hector Huntington spilled deadly chemicals all over himself. Oh, great idea. We can show him boring history lessons until he kills himself. No, Jill, look. That's Huntington's lab. Like I said, it's looking portal. This guy's about to accidentally kill himself. We can just reach through the rim like this and grab anything we- Be careful with that! What? Looking portals actually open windows in time. Crossing over opens them. Once you cross the rim of the portal, he can see and hear through it as well. We could accidentally rewrite history. I thought you said he spilled chemicals on himself. He's just looking all confused, like he's- Uh, don't look now, guys, but Dralis appears to have- Well, let's say she's having trouble covering things out there. Leaping leptons! She's naked! The splatter from walloping those plasma balls must have burned off her clothes. All except that locket she always wears. Is that a birthmark on her? What? Where? Let me see. No, Jimmy. Dralis is our friend. Show her some respect. It's bad enough all those passing ships can... 
stuck! And with that, a Saladonian catship came smashing through the wall of the Edison Memorial. Max's warning had saved the pack from any serious injuries. Instead, they merely found themselves covered in dust and debris. The emergency hatch of the catship popped open, and a human with a clipboard climbed out, followed by a little gray Saladonian catman. That's it! Bad enough you fly us into a supervillain attack, but you crash into a national landmark? You absolutely 100% fail your flying test. Come on! That's not fair! I was distracted by that hot naked lady! What was I supposed to do? Not yuck? She was... Oh my gods! You're the flashback! Are you people okay? Oh, we're fine. Except for the spaceship. You crashed into us! Well, forgive me! Damn it! We'll never find any working equipment in here now. The place is in shambles! All I've got is a stupid looking portal. <sighs> Wait! Portal! What? What is it, Keen? <sighs> Doctor Joseph Zelensky! What? What are you- She's right. Jimmy, does it have the death of Dr. Joseph Zelensky? Um, let me- Yes. Here it is? Dr. Zelensky was the last living person in the 40th dimension. So what? Does he have something in there we can use to- No, no, there's nothing we can take out, but we can put something in. Like Stragon. Good thinking, Keen. But how are we going to get the looking portal up there to him? Maybe Trellis could toss it. I can fry it up at him. Uh, thanks, kid, but we've seen your piloting ability. I'm not a pirate. I'm a magic user. Virtuous Fuzzbrother, at your service. I'll fry up there all by myself. Really? Take a look. See? Jimmy, give it to him. Here's what you do. Outside, the unclothed Dralis was beginning to tire, much to Stragon's delight. Give it up, capitalist! You can't hold out much longer, but with my new power levels, I can go on Game all- over, Stragon. Dralis is through playing it your way. Ah, the other Thornfield shows his cheese-eating bourgeoisie pig face! Any last words before our relationship is at its ultimate end? No, I just wanted to give you this. What? What is that? Is that a, a diamond? I can't make it out from here. You'll have to come closer. Ha! I strike on the Annihilator will never fall for that! But seriously, what have you got there? Is that a... Ah! And with that, the little magic cat descended from above at hundreds of miles per hour and enveloped the Annihilator in the uninhabited 40th dimension, where he could annihilate as much as he liked. Soon, as the pack somberly helped clean up the wreckage of the fight, one pair of eyes in the crowd of onlookers looked on in dismay and not reverence. Curse you, Flash Pack! You may have defeated Stragon, but he's not the only member of your rogues gallery who'll be facing anew, and soon my ultimate plans will come to glorious fruition! Then, sweet Rita, you will know how powerful I truly am! Eventually, when it was clear the danger was over, President Smitty himself was forced to come out of hiding and thank the Flash Pack for saving him. I really have no idea why Stragon would think I had anything to do with the Syriusans who enslaved his people. But I thank you for saving me nonetheless. With all due respect, Mr. President, you're as dirty as a Plutonian mudskipper. Very. The American people hadn't elected you fair and square, but right? But they did, kid. And don't you forget it. Now, if you don't mind. It's like an omelet case, old man! I'm sorry about him, kids. I'm Randall Marsh, Senator from Massachusetts. Democrat, I know. Nice to meet you. The pleasure is all mine, I'm sure. I've been put in charge of the effort to rebuild the capital after Stragon's attack. You can count on our help. Any way we can, sir. So long as we don't have to see Smitty much, that is. Thank you for that. I look forward to working with you. It's our pleasure, sir. We'll see you soon. What was that all about? Are you kidding me? That was Senator Randall Marsh. Totally wrong about the role of the federal system in governance, but still a great guy. Heading the rebuilding will definitely boost him to frontrunner as the Democratic candidate next year. That's great, Jimmy. But I think we'd better be heading back to Flashpoint. 
Molly and Keen aren't looking so good. Indeed, the pair both looked terrible. Molly's eyes were red and puffy from crying while Keen was twitching spastically on the borderline between sadness and shock. Let's go home, gang. But even as the flashback whisked their way back home, far away, more trouble was beginning. Sir, we found her. Excellent, 8215. And you're certain it's her? Confirmed. She's on Earth. Earth. Where in the galaxy is that? Outer spiral. Quite a ways from here. Fine. Plot a new course. It's time to expand the Empire once again. Back at Flashpoint, the pack had finally arrived at home, exhausted and ready to pick up the shattered pieces of their team. They didn't know how they would carry on without me, but they knew they had to try. So, now what? Julie... Julie wouldn't have wanted the team to stop. No. We have to earn her sacrifice. Both of us, Keen. Excuse me. It's not just you two, Dralis. It's up to all of us. Julie cared about this team. That's why she did what she did. And we have to show her, wherever she is, that she was right. That the flashback really is something worth putting faith in. We have to carry on the legacy of doing what's right against all odds. It's what Julie would have done. It's what she did do. Ah, hello, Flashback. I'm so sorry for your loss. Miss Crenshaw was a wonderful person. I will miss her greatly. Thank you, Stelloff. Did did you hear it on the news? It must be all over the blog, Ixie. News? Oh, no. I, I haven't been watching the news. Your friend told me. Our friend? Yes, the- Ew! What got all over my shoes? Fortress Fuzzbrother met your service, Miss Draris. You- you filthy cat! Catman! Whee! Can nothing ever be sane around here? Sarah Keen was wondering the same thing in the seclusion of her quarters, but for different reasons. She could not fathom why I would sacrifice myself to save her. <sighs> it doesn't make any sense. Julie. Julie was so good. So wonderful. I'm nothing. I'm worthless. I'm- Suddenly, something caught Keen's eye. The emotional disruptor they had confiscated from the desensitizer on Specifon 7. She'd taken it for study, interested in it for academic reasons. Now it seemed like her only way out. Will Keen ever recover from the guilt over my death? What empire was expanding towards Earth? Will the pack rid themselves of Fortress Fuzzbottom? Who was responsible for bringing back their most infamous foes? Learn more all the time as Epic Echoes continues with Driven to Distraction. In that episode of Epic Echoes, Nicholas Roach was Max Thornfield, Angela Hyman was Dralis Thornfield, Devin White was Molly Singh, Lyd Nelson was Jill Slaughter, Tongwen Wong was Sarah Keen, Daniel Schwartz was Jimmy Kovacs and Dex, Scape White was Fertress Fuzzbottom, Patrick Ganan was the test giver and President Smitty, Elijah Webberhan was Magic Cat and Stragon the Annihilator, Jordan D. Wank was Dr. Stelloff and the Trooper. Sam Thompson was Randall Marsh. And Guinevere Eckert was Julie Crenshaw. The theme song was by Michael Temporary Cod Mikowski. All right. Well, uh, welcome back. And um, hopefully you all enjoyed that. Maybe you understand what I mean by that um, stuff about... Well, you probably don't. But when you hear this last episode, you'll know what I meant. But um, let's see. What do we got up next? Um, up next, we've got... Oh, um, we have three weeks worth of this day in history, right, Rory? Yes, that's absolutely true. Um, we do. We do have three weeks worth. And then one epic, where are they now in history that covers all three? Oh, that's pretty good. All right, well, uh, let's get right to it. Um, here we go, uh, this day in history. Hello and welcome to this day in history on WHRW Binghamton. My name's Rory Sinjin. 
On April 12, 1861, the American Civil War began when Confederate forces under General Beauregard opened fire on Union-held Fort Sumter in South Carolina. Two days later, U.S. President Lincoln issued a proclamation calling for 75,000 volunteer soldiers to quell the Southern insurrection. Let's listen. All right, so here's the tinder. I've got the matches. Damn it, matches haven't been matched yet. All right, flint and steel. All right, we'll light this fire underneath the army and defeat them soon. All right, we're going to open the fire soon, let the oxygen in, and that'll burn them out of their house. But why are we solving this issue violently when nonviolence would be such a better solution for everybody? This country was freed from England through nonviolence when George Washington went on that big hunger strike, remember? We can free the slaves the same way. Nonviolence is important. Don't start a war over your own aggressive instincts. Wait, Rise above. Wait, did somebody say fire? Unfortunately, the Confederacy did choose violence, and uh, which is why they lost the Civil War. Many scholars do agree that if they had gone on a national hunger strike, they would have starved to death, but they would have made their point. This is WHRW Binghamton. Hello, this is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On April 19, 1995, a massive truck bomb explodes outside of the Alfred P. Murrah Federal Building in Oklahoma City in an attack planned by Timothy McVeigh. The blast collapsed the north face of the nine-story building, instantly killing more than 100 people and trapping dozens more inside. Let's listen. Uh, yep. Filling up my car. Filling up my car. Oh, hey, what a nice federal building across the street. Hey, guy, you should put out that cigarette. What are you talking about? I don't usually smoke. It's just, you know, to celebrate. I've had a nice day. But... But we are surrounded by gas fumes. Oh, next you'll be telling me I shouldn't leave my car on while I'm pumping gas. Whatever. Your car's still on? Turn your car off! Oh, crap! Yes, it was part of Timothy McVeigh's master plan to trick his good friend, Mr. Nameless, into smoking and leaving his car on, both of which are highly inadvisable while pumping gas. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. Hello and welcome to This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. My name is Rory Sinjin. On April 26th, 1986, the world's worst nuclear power plant accident occurs at Chernobyl Nuclear Power Station in the Soviet Union. 32 people died and dozens more suffered radiation burns, but only after Swedish authorities reported the fallout did the Soviets reluctantly admit that an accident had occurred. Let's listen. Dude, what happened to you, man? Your skin is glowing. Comrade, it's a good thing I took these anti-radiation iodine pills. I think his skin is so red because he's been outside for four days. Well, you know what? You should always wear sunscreen. I, I think it, it might even help with the radiation, too. I mean, you know, the sun's radiation and, and, and you got radiation from the green glowy stuff. It can't hurt. Don't be ridiculous. First of all, I'm Joseph Stalin. Second of all, second of all, there is no, no nuclear accident of any kind Period. Third of all, sunscreen is an agent of Western capitalism and should be avoided at all costs. Anyone caught using sunscreen, discussing sunscreen, or mentioning the word sunscreen and not being me, Joseph Stalin will be shot. And Stalin's Soviet Union did die shortly thereafter of a combination of skin cancer and radiation poisoning. Had he allowed them to wear sunscreen when they were out in the sun, as you should, only half of the Soviet Union would have died, and the country would still exist today. This is This Day in History on WHRW Binghamton. But don't go to bed just yet. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Gaston Wax. And this all calls to mind the famous bedtime story of what would happen if Timothy McVeigh fought Stalin over whether or not the slaves should be free. Of course, Stalin believed that the workers, the slaves, should be free, and Timothy McVeigh was a racist and believed that 
that slaves should stay slaves. The fight began with a sneaky bit of turnabout where Stalin tried to get one of Timothy McVeigh's friends to fill up their gas tank while smoking a cigarette, and the car exploded. Unfortunately for Stalin, Timothy McVeigh had learned the lesson that Stalin himself had denied his people, and Timothy McVeigh was wearing sunscreen, which protected him from the fire. Now, you might be thinking, how does that work? But, you know, if you think about it, it all does make sense. The sun is made out of fire, and it's hot, and an explosion is very similar in that respect. So, McVeigh tries to light a fire underneath Stalin to smoke him out, but, of course, as we all know, batches had not been invented by this the time. This does take place prehistorically. Did I not mention that? Well, it does. And Stalin hears Timothy McVeigh rubbing the sticks together to try to start the fire, and says, what are you doing? Are you trying to start a fire? McVeigh says, yes, I want to smoke you out. Stalin's like, well, you know, obviously that's not going to work, because now I know about it. Timothy McVeigh throws a fist at Stalin's face. Now, Stalin, call him what you will, was sort of a wise person, and if there's one thing Stalin's known for, it's non-violence. And so Stalin takes the punch to the face and says, Mr. McVeigh, I'm sure we can work this out non-violently. Timothy McVeigh says, no, no, we can't, and throws another punch. Punches him in the face. Now, Stalin at this point is thinking, well, you know, this is not going to be a very pleasant fight for me if I'm getting punched in the face, but he stays true to his non-violent core and does not throw a punch in return. Instead, he sidesteps the third punch, which throws Timothy McVeigh off balance, which sends him toppling off the cliff because um, the entire thing took place at the top of the Cliffs of Dover. McVeigh falls and dies, proving once and for all that you shouldn't smoke cigarettes or keep your car on when pumping gas, that you should wear sunscreen to protect yourself, and that non-violence is a, is a more noble answer. My name's Roy Sinjin, and this is Where Are They Now in History on Cast and Wax. Alright, you know that was, like, so historically inaccurate because, okay, let me list a few of the ways. First of all, first one that pops into my mind is that Stalin was not known as a man of peace um, and nonviolence. That that was maybe, I don't know, Gandhi or somebody because, like, Stalin killed a lot of people. Yes, but he did it nonviolently. No, no, he did it violently. That's a different Stalin. What do you mean a different, like, but, yeah, but we're talking about Joseph Stalin because that's the one who appeared. Yes, but perhaps we weren't in this other... Pace. Well, that's because my next point was Stalin was not alive in prehistory on the, the, the cliffs of Dover. So then it's not the Stalin you're talking about, obviously. Yeah, but it is because, I mean, same with uh, the other guy, uh, Tim, Tim uh, Timothy McVeigh. This is a different Timothy McVeigh then. This is two gentlemen who are alive during prehistory. We were talking about you know, the freeing of the slaves. What slaves in prehistory? There were these slaves back then that were, you know, doing stuff they didn't want to do. But certain people had them enslaved, you know. And then Stalin didn't like that very much at all. You're, you're talking out of your butt. You know, this is ridiculous. I don't know what, how you get away with this nonsense, because that's not true. That's not how things Guys, are. There's no reason to get all worked up about it. Um, Frank, speaking of people talking out of their butts, we have your part next. Now, Frank, I asked you to do something special. Yeah, yeah, and I did. Uh, you know, you, and, and let's just keep in mind, you asked me to do something special, and I did it for you, you know? Well, yeah, I mean, I'm the host of the podcast, so it makes sense that you would do if I asked you to do something special. Well, I did, okay? I did it, because you asked me. Okay, good, good. Anyway, um, because I, I had said, I, I listen to a lot of podcasts, um, now. I didn't used to. It's funny, when I started this podcast, when I started this podcast, I didn't listen to any podcasts, um. But now I listen to a bunch. You know, I listen to the Nerdist podcast that Chris Hardwick does. I listen to Jordan Jesse Go, terrific show. I listen to the Elephant Larry podcast, Sound of Young America. And I'm always trying out a couple of other new ones as well. Um, but the point is, I, I like these podcasts because they're they're most of the time they're they're very chatty. By which I mean they just have somebody in, and it's not a very formal interview. They're just you know talking about stuff and the stuff that they do and this and that and the other thing. So I asked Frank to listen to some of them. Did you listen to them? Yeah, I gave him a listen. I mean, you know, it's not that hard to listen to them. Well, no, I. 
Yeah, I wasn't implying it was difficult to listen to them, but I mean, what did you learn from them? Yeah, I got it. Look, I got it. I'm a professional. I got it. What did you get? I got how to do it, okay? I did it just as well as they do it, so that's what I got here. You did? Okay. Um, so who did you interview? I got stand-up comic J.P. Thomas to be on the show. Oh, he, that's he, he's great. He's hilarious. That's terrific. Yeah. I am. All right. Well, let, let, I mean, let's listen to it. I'm really excited now. That's, you know, do you get into, well, I mean, I'll see what you get into. That's awesome. Thank you for having him on. That's a terrific get. Thank you. You're welcome. I mean, what, you know, yeah, I, I'm, I, yeah, I got him. So, let, yeah, great. Let's listen to it. Frank Allen Interviews, starring Frank Allen. Hello and welcome to Frank Allen Interviews. My name's Frank Allen, and uh, at Jordan's request, uh, uh, he, he's been listening to a lot of podcasts recently and, and, and uh, told me that I should listen to some podcasts uh, and, uh, and uh, in an effort to uh, become more like a podcast rather than just, a, just an interview. Um, now, that's fine. I mean, I'm a man of many talents, so I can do lots of different things. Uh, one of those things is it's interview. One of them is host, you know, all sorts of things like that. But, uh, yes, I can do a, a podcast more in the, the, the vein of the, the chat podcasts that, that Jordan listens to. He listens to a lot of podcasts with comedians, uh, people who are interviewing comedians, mostly co- comedians interviewing other comedians. So I figured, well, I can do that. I mean, I, I don't necessarily think of myself as a comedian, but, you know, why not? You know, uh, there's no reason that I can't be a comedian, too. Uh, but uh, the easy part would be getting a comedian to be on my show. So, of course, I I have with me Mr. J.P. Thompson. Uh, he's a comic, a stand-up comedian, um, and uh, what we're going to do is we're going to do it a little differently. Uh, instead of a formal interview, we're just going to have a, a real informal chat. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, hey there, uh, J.P. Now, should I call you J.P., or what should I call you? Yeah, it? Frank, thanks for having me on the show. It's really great to be here. Uh, no, you can call me Jay. All right, Jay, Jay, it's good to have you on the show. So, uh, what's new? Oh, well, you know, I'm just doing my act. I'm traveling around the country. It's a lot of fun doing stand-up shows. I'm traveling with a couple buddies of mine who are also doing some stand-up, Mr. Fred Jackson and Mr. Aaron Davidson. And we've just been doing a lot of a lot of crazy comedy bits. Uh, we've been playing clubs all over the place. It's really terrific. Great, great. That's good. So, um, cool. I think so, yeah. Good, good. All right. Um, well, uh... I've I've just been doing a podcast. All right, yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I I, I mean that's one of the things I've I've also I started a new job, uh, which is a lot of fun. So there's that. Oh, right on, man. What have you been doing? Uh, well, that's a, that's interesting that you ask. I I I started off um I, I, as you can tell from from uh, hearing me talk and and being here on my show. I'm a I'm a show host mostly. Right, right, yeah. But I uh I've been looking for a gig. I because I I, uh, I I have been uh kind of slumming it in the, the food service industry for a while. And so I was looking for a gig, and uh, I thought I got a lead on a gig that was a kind of a MC at a dinner theater. Oh, right on. That that kind of gig can be good. I, I one well, time. Yeah, but, no, but what happened was uh, it turned out it wasn't so much that. It was more of a, you know how they, they say they have a host at a restaurant, and he's like, uh, he like takes your name and sits you down somewhere. Oh, right, yeah. Right, well, that's that's what the gig ended up being, and so that was kind of unfortunate, but uh, I, you know, I, I I didn't have a choice. You know, I once I signed up for it, I, I had to do it, and they do, it does have a bit of an opportunity for me to to use my, my hosting ability, because I do, I introduce people um, to their to their server. All right, um, all right. But that's kind of like when you introduce someone on a show, yeah. which is similar, and I, uh, I get to call people's name out when their table's ready, it was kind of like a, like a like a Price is Right kind of come on down. Sure. Oh, sure. So it's not, I mean, it's not a total loss, but I got to tell you, I, I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little disheartened because I thought it was going to be in, 
a more of a performance type situation. Oh, right. Yeah. No, I, I can totally sympathize. One time I got called in for this gig, this comedy gig. It was at this place I, I'd never heard of. I was like, all right, but they put, you know, they paid, they paid my fee, things like that. I thought, all right, no problem. Right. And so I came down and it was just this one dude who wanted me to do some jokes for him. I mean, that's crazy. Right. No, I mean, that's, well, that's kind of similar to what we're doing here. Well, I, except I'm not doing jokes here. Right. No, that's true. That's true. That's pretty funny, though. I thought it was, yeah, I thought it was pretty messed up. No, oh, it is. It is. So, yeah. What else is new, though? You got a, you got a girlfriend or anything? Or? Well, not right now, no. I mean, when I'm on the road, you know, I got to keep free. Yeah, I can see that. Because, you know, fangirls and stuff. No, all right, I got it. I got it. I got your point. Okay. Yeah. So, um, hmm. you want, you want, a, dr I want a drink? I'm drinking some soda here. No, I'm all right. Okay. You know, I'm just having a little something. Um, all right, uh, let's get down to it. Uh, what else did you uh, did you watch Lost last week? No, I'm a few episodes behind, man. I don't I don't want any don't spoil it. No, no spoilers. Okay, yeah, right, 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 right. Yeah, but you seen any movies recently? Too busy, man. Too too. On the, I'm out on the road, you know, like I said, and I don't have a lot of money. Don't have a lot of pocket change, but because a lot of it goes towards you know eating stuff like that. Right in the hotel room. Uh, watch anything in the hotel room? Just porn, you know, just porn is all I've been watching. All right, yeah. Sorry. No, it's, it's that's fine. That's fine. Um, whew. let's see. Uh, what have you been listening to? You must, if you're driving a lot, right? You must be listening to music. Now you know the radio's busted in our van, so all we do is sit around and chat. Oh well, uh, what have you been chatting about? Not much. I got to be honest with you, man. Uh, a lot of times we just talk about how this how the set went the night before. Yeah. Okay. How? Well, okay. That then. How did your set go last night? I didn't have a set last night. It was night off. Oh, so what did you do? Porn, like you said, is the porn. Oh. Well, yeah, I mean, we don't need to hear about that. I mean, well, I mean, okay, I get, we don't have anything else to talk about. What kind of porn? Uh, let's not get too graphic, let me say that. But what was the what was the plot of the porn that you watched? Oh, yeah, well, uh, all right. Uh, there's this, uh, this guy, and uh, he was really feeling uh, a little frisky. Right, yeah, 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 that's good, that's good. And uh, so he called up this girl, and they just started... Well, no, no, well, without the details. They... they you know, they they were uh, they were having some fun. That's it. There was no plot. No, I don't. I don't go for the ones with like you mean like the movie parrot. No, I don't. I just want to see people. You know, going right at All it. All right. Well, that's fine. Um. Well, then I guess we're okay. Then yeah. What uh, what else? Uh, you said you've been eating a lot. What have you been eating? Anything good? Well, yeah, I've been having a lot of uh, burgers, trying burgers in lots of different places. Oh, really? Uh, what's the best one? What's the best one you've had? Well, I mostly stick to McDonald's burgers, so they're pretty much the same. You, I mean, you don't vary it up? No, if we have, if we see a McDonald's, man, we hit that. We hit it because that's, you know, taste of home. Well, I mean, I, I guess. Yeah, it tastes just like the McDonald's at home. Well, yeah, because they all are the same. I know, man. It's great. It's great stuff. Seriously prime stuff. All right. Um, that's fine. Um, let's see, what else can we, I mean, this is, you gotta help me out here, man. What are we gonna, we, we're supposed to just be shooting the breeze here. All right, all right, uh, what kind of, what kind of babes do you like? What kind of girls are you into, man? Um, well, that's, uh, I don't know if I have necessarily a certain type. I mean, I do, you know, I, I am fond of women, obviously. Um, I don't like them to be too much younger than I am, because, you know, I'm a discerning gentleman. All right, all right, so like a cougar? Well, I don't, I mean, I, I mean, I don't, I don't know about that, but... I just, I, about, around my age, is what I'm saying, and, you know, uh, classy, classy, you know, with money, optional, but preferable. Ah, sugar mama. Yeah, you know, why not, right? I mean, I'm a talented guy, and I deserve a little, uh, you know, to be taken care of in a certain way. All right, I get you, I get you, man. But, yeah, I mean, that's, as far, you know, looks, I mean, you know, obviously, more attractive is better, but, you know, 
I, I can't be that picky. Oh, man, don't say that. That's that's crazy talk. You always got to go for the best. What, what do you want? Well, you know, I mean, uh, hair color could vary. Uh, you know, blondes, why not? Why not a blonde, right? Why not? Yeah, um, you know, blue eyes, I guess. No, brown eyes. I'll go with brown eyes. All right, all right. And, you know, figure, nice figure. Now you're talking, man. That sounds great. A girl, yeah, well, okay. So that's, I mean, that sounds like a good girl for me. Do you know anybody? Nah, not in the area. Forget it. I, well, I didn't think so, so. Right. So, yeah. Okay. Um, is that all we got? I mean, what, what are we, what are we doing? Is that- well, I mean, man, you, you know, you asked me on your show. Let, let's promote my show. I got a, I got a show tonight at the Yuck Hut. People want to hear that. You can see me doing some stand up. You can buy my CD, making you laugh hard. It's uh, available in lots of CD stores. You can probably get it on iTunes. I don't know. I don't pay attention to that sort of thing. But seriously, come to my show, buy it from me there. I'll keep more of the money. That's a good deal. That's a good deal for you. It costs a little bit more, though. Hmm? Well, it costs more to buy it from me, but I get more of the money. So, all right. So it's not a good deal for for the listener. Well, no, but you know, don't tell them that. You just you just did tell them that. You're trying to rip people off. No, no, I'm not trying because I have to buy them at regular price, so that I'm selling them a little bit more. Wait, you buy them at regular price? So, and not, wait, hold on, hold on. So you're ripping off your own fans, is what's going on here. You are selling them something at a price that they could get cheaper elsewhere. Yeah, but if they support me, they're going to want to buy it from me. Yeah, that's going to be their natural instinct is to want to buy it from you, and, and yet you're ripping them off. I mean, that makes you a kind of a kind of a terrible person, don't you think? Well, I, I mean, you know, no, I don't think of it that well, way. Well, I think of it that way because that seems to be the way that it is. You're taking advantage of your fans. These are people who are dedicated to you and who, you know, like what you do, and you're taking advantage of them. I mean, that sounds like about the worst thing you could do, and that they should probably stop liking you is, is seemed like the wise choice. Well, hey, man, hey, man, no, no, no. What are you trying to say? I don't think that you should be telling my fans not to like me. I don't think you should be taking advantage of your fans. If, if they stop liking you, it's your own fault. You're ripping off your fans. That's reprehensible behavior. You are... You know, I mean, this is a this is an expose all of a sudden when it was supposed to be a pleasant chat, but now it's an expose. You stand exposed. Hey, man, I'm just trying to make a living here, man. Well, you know, you should maybe you should try doing it by doing your comedy instead of scamming people. You know, and just let that rest on its own merits rather than you know trying to rip people off. I mean, that's seriously that's what you're going to do. I'm not trying to be a bad person, man. Well, but you are. Well, uh, I mean, come on. No, I'm not going to come on. You come on. Come on and stop ripping people well, off. Uh, oh, God, you know, all right, fine, but, I mean, how am I going to make money now? I don't know. You know, just go without some things. That's what I'm doing. I have to sell all my things. I have to get rid of all my recordings because I have nowhere to, re- to store them anymore. All that's years of back shows, gone, because I don't have any money, because I'm putting it on the line to, to live for my dream. And if your dream is comedy, then you should put yours on the line and, you know, do what you got to do. But you shouldn't be ripping off people. Well, I don't mean to. You do mean to. You know you're doing it. Well, I didn't. All right, well, yeah, okay. Right. Now, I hope that you learned something from this. Yeah. All right, good. Um, so, you know, what else is new? You got, you're watching 24? Yeah, you know, yeah. Yeah. Jack Bauer, man. He's an intense dude, right? You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah, he's, you know, he's Jack Bauer. He kills people and stuff. Right. No, that's why I'm, yeah, he's pretty intense. Um, running around, yelling. Yeah, he's yelling. Mm. Huh. So... Um, I mean, I don't know. You want to do a bit from your act? Yeah, you know. All right. Um, did you ever, did you ever notice like airplanes and stuff? Seriously, if you're ever on an airplane, you ever do that? No, I never. No, no, you're not supposed to. You're not supposed to interrupt when I'm doing a bit. No, but I mean, but we're doing a chat show, so you got to adapt it a little bit. Oh, you mean like just try to work my bit yeah, into? Yeah, I mean, you know, we don't have anything to talk about. All right, all right. Uh, hey, did you? So, so Frank, uh, did you ever go on a on a plane? No. Oh. All right, well, never mind then, man. That's that's all I got. Your whole bit is about airplanes? Well, 
Yeah. You, you did a whole CD about what it's like on an airplane? Well, I mean, it doesn't fill the whole CD. How much does it fill? 20, 20 minutes. You sell a 20-minute CD and you sell it for overpriced? I already said I'm sorry, man. What, like, what do you want? I, mean, I, I just, I, all right. You know what? Go see him. The Laugh Hut. Wasn't no, I'm playing the oh. Laugh Hut later. Yeah, 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 yeah. Okay, okay. Look, you can look him up. You heard his name. You know, this is this is stupid. I'm not doing this kind of podcast again. This is Frank Allen Interviews. Next time, I'm going to do an interview. Okay? Come on. Like a ser- an actual freaking interview. I wish I'd been there for that instead, man. Yeah, well, we all do. All right. Good night. Frank, that was terrible. I mean, again, I don't know why I... Why do I even put my faith in you? You know, you, as I pointed out, you asked me to do that. I did it for you. I mean, what do you want? You know, I did what you asked me to do. It wasn't remotely interesting. You know, that's what you didn't pick up from those other podcasts, is that they talk about things in an interesting way. They have, like, you know, fun topics. The people on it are witty. I'm witty. I'm a witty guy. You're not a witty guy. You're just a guy who talks out of his butt all the time, and you're full of crap, and... You know, you're not a witty guy. You're just a guy. I think I'm a witty guy. Don't worry. Wouldn't you say I was a witty guy? No, no, I wouldn't. Not at all. You know, wit is something that I care about deeply, of course, being British. But you don't, you know, yes, absolutely not. You don't have it. You don't have the wit to do. Well, okay. Yeah, but Rory hates me, so of course he's not going to be on my side. The point is, I know that I'm a witty guy. No, Frank, you're not. That was, that was lousy. <sighs> Look, Frank... The podcast is going to be changing soon. We're almost to the end of the shows, as I keep pointing out. Yeah, but, I mean, it's going to be a while. It's not going to be that long, Frank. We have, like, two or three episodes left. I think three episodes left after this, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, but, I mean, what does that have to do with me? Things are going to change on the podcast, man. I have to, I can't, we're not going to have the same format. Well, what are we going to have? Well, I haven't 100% decided yet, but, you know, you got to be ready to adapt. And if we go to that format, you've just shown that you're not ready for it. No, that's not what I showed. Jordan, um, I'm sorry to interrupt but my gum is, um, seems to have lost its flavor. Yeah, mine too. Let's have some more. Oh, yes. Uh, can I, please? Yeah. There you go. Mm. Oh, yes. Oh, this is quite good. Thank you very much. I'll have one too. Mmm. Yeah, that refreshes it very much. Very good. Well, can I have some too, guys? Well, I don't know, Frank. Are you going to be a dumbass douche? I'm not a dumbass douche. All right, then. Here you go. Have a piece of gum. Thank you. Let me show you this. Mmm, oh, that's strong watermelon. Now. Yeah, I know, that's from him. I'm gonna smell it good. It's really good. Can I have some more guys or what? No, stay. You can't have some more. You ate the last one. Come on, that's not fair. Well, you guys all get some extra. Yeah, but it's not. Uh, you, but you still, you ate yours, and now it's like, it's still sitting in your stomach. You might as well just poop it up and eat that. Dad, that's gross, and I don't do that. I've seen you do that with cat food, so don't lie. To people at home. Dad, you've got like a million sticks of gum right there. Why don't you just give me one of them? Because, Dave, that's not the point. You didn't, you didn't eat the gum right the first time, and now, why am I going to give you more? Come on. That's really juicy. It isn't really juicy. Anyway, look, okay, just drop it because we've got to get to the rest of the show. Yeah, didn't you say like dollar is ending right now? Yeah. Like dollar is the, uh, this is the last like dollar. And, um, you probably don't remember, but last I think the last thing that happened was something about Bobby and Panera were like running through the secret tunnels in the sewers or something. And like I came out and Jason Brandt was there. And he's the mayor now? No, he wasn't the mayor. He was like manipulating the mayor. So anyway, look, we've heard a lot of things about Cask over the last bunch of episodes. Let's see what the final truth is about Cask once and for all. Um here we go, last episode ever. Like dark.
My Daughter, Episode 11, Regeneration, by Jordan D. White. Dorothy Cherie was not an ordinary 18-year-old girl, but she was certainly trying. Most 18-year-old girls don't have a child to raise. Most 18-year-olds don't have to constantly pretend to be two years older than they actually are. Most 18-year-olds don't forge high school diplomas after learning about half their high school curriculum through hypnagogic methods. Most 18-year-olds didn't used to be Pandora Darling of Carousel, New York. Shh, it's all right. You're hungry? Here you go, baby. Here you go. Oops, hang on. One minute! Hello? Hi there. My name is Elder Sampson with the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. We'd like to talk to you about... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm not looking to... Oh, we're not trying to convert you. We're sharing a message for all faiths. That's a beautiful child you have there. What's his name? Her, actually. Her name's Hope. She's really something else, isn't she? But if you can spare just a few minutes, we'd like to share a message with you that we think you'll be glad to hear. All right. Come on inside. I'm sorry, but I didn't catch your name. Dorothy, but you can call me Dora. Well, Dora, what we'd like to discuss with you is probably the most important topic in the entire universe. The plan of salvation laid out for us by our Heavenly Father. Well, Pandora, I'm waiting. Did you find your father? Don't leave me here in suspense. Over a year before, in a previous life, Pandora had lived in Carousel, New York. She had committed multiple murders, been on both ends of a brainwashing, conspired to blow up an environmentalist gala, and was generally up to her ears in conspiracies from all factions of society. In the few months since her mother's death, Pandora had uncovered one insane faction of the vast conspiracy cask after another, learned that everyone she cared about seemed to be an agent, including perhaps herself. And it had all led her face to face with the man who'd murdered her mother in cold blood. Jason Brandt. In the basement of Carousel High School, Brandt had stood smirking at Pandora, wearing a clever business suit. Beside him stood Greasy Ralph from the dojo, Phil the high school janitor, and Pandora's former best friend Tabitha Wentworth. Pandora's boyfriend Bobby Kurtzman was doubled over beside her on his knees, holding his stomach. Oh god, Pandora... It hurts. What did you do to him? Bobby? Oh, it's nothing. Just a little radiation poisoning. We injected him with a radioactive isotope in order to help us keep track of you. It was only a minor dose, though he should be fine. After all, sickness can only affect you if you feel you deserve to be sick. 
Tabby, give him a shot of painkillers. My pleasure. Keep away from him. What do you think? I'm crazy. I'm not letting you stick him with another one of your needles. Who knows what it could be? Speaking of needles, how about that question I asked, huh? Did you find your father or what? We're getting a little bit impatient over here. Yes, all right. Yes, I found the safe. I opened the urn and I got your stupid needles stuck in my gut. Are you happy? Yes, I found my father. What do you want from me? Oh, dear. I think you've misunderstood me, Pandy. It wasn't my needle. It was your sweet little mother's. And that won't do it all. No, 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 no. Not to worry, though. See? Fix. Move. Ahead. Grab her, boys. It's time for plan B. Say ah. The Lord does have a plan for us, each and every one. That he does, Elder Jacobs. Sedora, are you originally from San Diego? No, no. I moved here from Portland about a year ago. When my parents died. I'm sorry to hear that. It must have been very hard for you. It was, but I knew I I wasn't alone. Leave her alone! Bobby Kurtzman had shrugged off the pain in his innards and leapt up to defend Pandora as the two cask henchmen approached. He leapt at Ralph from the cask dojo while Pandora took a janitor, longtime member of Cleaners Against Subsidizing Clorox. Their unconscious fighting acumen proved more than a match for the older men, and moments later, they were looking over their downed bodies at Jason Brandt. He was still holding a pill in his left hand, but his right now held a silenced pistol. Game over, girl. You're going to take this pill to prevent this insidious implantation. I'm going to perforate your pretty little womb with lead. Either way. Implantation? But, but, but we, we didn't- Bobby, keyword, shut up. <laughs> He's telling the truth. I'm still- I'm still a virgin. A virgin birth? It's a miracle! Just because no man would sleep with you doesn't mean you can't realize your own progeny or progenitor, as the case may be. What are you talking about? And why are you talking crazy again? We know it's all an act. Everyone in the world, every one of us, is either a waiter or an actor. You set your goal, and then you make your decision. You either wait for it to come to you, that makes you a waiter, or you act. I choose to be my own actor. Life will give me the Oscar of my destiny. And it may be heavier than it looks, but it will take it in my hands and hold it over my head and shout, I did it! What the hell is wrong with you? I'd like to thank the Academy. Calm down, sir. Calm down. Breathe, sir. Breathe. Deep breaths. In. Out. In. Out. I'm good. I'm good. For your information, Miss Darling, it isn't an act. It's a disorder that I have to work every day. I have to... Don't talk about it, Jason. Don't talk about it. Keep it together. Okay, now where was I? Killing the baby? Right! Thank you, Tabitha! Why don't you help Mr. Kurtzman now? He looks a little shaky. Now, Pandora, there's no way this baby is going to be born. Either because you swallow this pill, the preferred method, or because I make the mother unviable. Your choice. You feel like meeting your maker, girl? We're never alone. Our Heavenly Father is always beside us, especially in times of trouble. Which is what we'd like to discuss with you. Like most people, we believe in God. Do you believe in God, Dora? I, well, I wasn't raised religious. My mother had problems with authority figures and could never accept church leaders. I've never really 
I've never given it much thought. You haven't ruled out the idea, have you? I suppose not. Stranger things have happened. On the other hand, there's certainly a lot of suffering in the world. Why would God cause all that? But it's not God who causes the suffering, Dora. It's flawed, misguided human beings. That's why God offers us his plan of salvation. It's through God's love that the things of beauty in this world come about. Things like love, things like joy, and things like your little girl. Can you really look at the face of your beautiful baby girl, of your little hope, and say that you don't believe in miracles? I told you, Bran, I'm not pregnant! Not yet, you're not. But we're not taking any chances. Hatch the pill. Catch! Ran through Pandora, the plan B emergency birth control. Pandora caught the little white pill in her hands and looked at it. She looked down at her torso and touched the sore spot where the needle had shot into her. The needle from her father's urn, which her mother's message from beyond the grave had led her to. Mother... What did you do to me? Your mother was an interesting lady. The only cask agent on record who was able to erase slash override her own code words. Well, until you, of course, potato. When she discovered what cask was, she pledged nothing would ever stop her from protecting the world from the scourge of cask. Nothing, not even death. Sure, she could train you to take her place. But could you really replace her? She couldn't be sure. There was only one thing to do. She didn't. She learned about cloning advances in the science community and made her move. She set things up with Chuck, already suspicious, Kane, in the event of her death, loaded that preserved sample in the needle, and blammo! Her little daughter is carrying a clone of dear old dead old mom. That is so twisted! Oh, I know she's a miracle. Aren't you a miracle, my little cucumber? Cucumber? It's nothing. A nickname. It's what she smells like when she's all cleaned up. Fresh cucumber. Adorable. And for a miracle like her to exist, there would have to be a loving God to make miracles possible. The difference is that we believe that there continue to be prophets of God alive today. Prophets who receive the word directly from God, just as they did in biblical times. We know this because Joseph Smith, one of these prophets, wrote of his experiences as a prophet of God. I saw a pillar of light exactly over my head, above the brightness of the sun which descended gradually until it fell upon me. When the light rested upon me, I saw two personages, whose brightness and glory defy all description, standing above me in the air. Sir, you're losing it again. I'm fine! I'm fine. Now, get swallowing. Pill. Mouth. Now! Pandora held the little round contraceptive between her forefinger and thumb and slowly brought it up to her mouth. She thought about the tiny, almost non-existent little version of her mother floating around inside her. She didn't know what to do. Come on, little girl. I don't have all day. I'm telling you, short of an act of God himself, there's no way this child is ever going to see the light of day. Do you want to live or... Tabby? You shot Jason? Don't be so surprised. I'm not some kind of crazy person. I just care about social knowledge. Besides, he would have killed you and Bobby once he was certain he'd dealt with your mom completely. I wouldn't want that for either of you. <laughs> oh, God. Bobby, code word talk back. <laughs> Thanks, Tabby. Oh, God, Pandy. I was so worried about you and your... your baby. But now we'll get out of here and we... We can raise her together. One of them spake unto me, calling me by name and saying, pointing to the other, This is my beloved son. 
Hear him! And it was as a prophet of God that Joseph Smith made this, the Book of Mormon, another testament of Jesus Christ. It's through this book that God's prophet brought to us the only true church, the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints, and leads us all to the path of righteousness, which is the only road to salvation. Uh, Listen, you both seem very nice, and I'm sure your religion is nice and all, but I'm not sure I'd want to read a whole... Let me ask you this. Do you and your husband pray? My... Husband, I, I'm afraid I don't, I don't have a husband. You can't go with her, Bobby. You're going to have to stay here. What? Of course I'm going with her. Why wouldn't I? I love. You heard, Jason. They've implanted you with a tracking isotope. If you go with her, Cask will be behind you every step of the way, and they won't rest until this baby is dead. But why would we need to run? You just killed the head of Cask. I mean, assuming we can avoid a murder charge, our conspiracy troubles are over. Oh God, tell me you're not really that naive. Excuse me. Jason was a member of Cask. He wasn't Cask itself. You can't stop Cask by killing one man. I told you, Cask isn't one thing, it's all the torture, the killing, the fighting. Why do you think there's so many factions, so many acronyms? None of them matter. They each have their own petty goals because the real cask doesn't care about those things at all. They just want to divide people up more and more, get them to believe in an ideology, any ideology, enough to kill. Create more fighting, more violence, more paranoia. But why? What's the point of it all? Who knows? To undermine society, to destroy the world, to whittle the population down to a more controllable mass at this point it's grown so big every piece thinks it's the whole so no one knows where the center even is i'm not even sure if anything can stop it but if anyone can she's floating around in your uterus looking for a wall to hang on to she's our only hope so you expect me to just just leave bobby behind leave my home all my things leave carousel all by myself and what raise this child alone she's right panny You have to. What? We can't give in. They're bigger than us. They're stronger than us. And it might be completely hopeless, but if we do nothing, they win by default. This is the only chance. You can't give in to them. The Pandora I know. The Dora I love. She wouldn't give up. But Bobby... Bobby, how can I do it alone? You won't be alone. You'll have your mother. You really... Want me to leave you? No! God, no, Pandora. I want to go with you more than anything in the world. Or I want you to stay. To go out on dates and kiss and everything. But this is bigger than us. You're going to have a baby. A very important baby. You've got to go and I can't know where to find you. Don't worry. I'll take good care of him. Tabby, this isn't the time to mess with me, okay? Sorry. One last thing, Panny. No matter where you are and what happens in the future, you can always know, no matter what, I will always... Bobby, keyword, shut up! <laughs> I couldn't... I couldn't hear that. Not if I'm going to leave. I'll know it's true later, but I can't hear it right now. Goodbye, Bobby. Goodbye. <laughs> <laughs> I'm afraid I lost him as well. I'm... I'm sorry. So much loss for one person to bear. Our condolences. But clearly, God is by your side to keep you strong through all that. To help you support your beautiful daughter and make this home for her. Maybe. We're running a program at our church this Sunday you may be interested in. You don't have to convert to come to it. We're a community of people who care about one another. It seems like you might need that type of care. It's called caring acts spread kindness. It's all about the little things we can do for one another and for all people to bring a little joy into their lives. Will you come with us to church on Sunday, Dora? I'm sure you'll enjoy it. I'm sorry, I can't. I work on Sunday. That's too bad. But perhaps we can- I'm sorry, but I'm not interested in learning any more about the Mormon faith. You seem nice and all, but I can't be a part of any group that tells me how to think. 
I won't. But we're not. I'm sorry. I'm going to have to ask you to leave. We're sorry you feel that way, ma'am. Might we stop by again? I'd rather you didn't. I'm a very busy woman. What with hope and all. All right, then. It was nice meeting you. Dora closed the door behind the two missionaries and returned to her couch. They had left a flyer for their Caring Acts Spread Kindness program on her table, just in case. Dora grabbed it with her free hand, crumpled it up, and walked it over to the waste bin. She looked down at the precious child in her arms, her head nodding as she bobbed on the edge of sleep. You sleepy cucumber, is it nap time already? All right, let's get you in your box. There we go. You're a good little sleepy girl, aren't you? I'll see you when you wake up, baby. I love you, cucumber. Sweet dreams. On that episode of Night Daughter, the narrator was Charles Bowen, Pandora Darling was Guinevere Eckert, Tabby was Eva Wilson Blatt, Bobby Kurtzman was Jordan D. White, Jason Brandt was Elijah Weberhan, Mormon One was Jacob Thompson, and Mormon Two was Rich Bellin. The theme song was by Jordan D. White. Thank you very much, Roy. Thank you very much. That was pretty exciting, guys. That was a really good ending, I think, for like Daughter. I'm really proud of it. And um, I also think that the episode of Epic Echoes earlier was pretty amazing. It really did wrap up a lot of stuff. You're probably wondering what what's going to happen in episode one. What what led to Julie's death? Now that you know that the narrator is Julie as well. Well, I think you're going to be pretty surprised when you find out. I think two episodes from now. So in about a month. Uh, anyway, um, up next is the part of the show where we usually do listener mail. Uh, we didn't get any listener mail. Last time we got a whole bunch of listener mail. This time we got nothing. Nothing. We only have a couple shows left, guys. Who knows what is going to happen to this podcast? Well, I'll tell you what. You know, one person who might know is you. Why don't you write in and talk about what you want to see on the podcast after all the shows end? You know, I want to know what you're thinking. Also, you know, just, just write in with stuff, man. Giorgio used to write in with recipes. Even Giorgio didn't write in this week, but come on, just give us something to work with here, man. It's going to be fun. Yeah, you forgot to have me pray over No, no, I didn't forget. I didn't forget. Because, in fact, you know what, guys, this gum is, like, it's tasty, but it loses flavor, and then I'm just chewing out stuff. Yeah, I know. It's a little, it's a little much. You think it's spit it out? Is that what you're saying? Yeah, I think maybe we should. All right. On the count of three. One, two, Okay. Uh, uh, my jaw it feels like you had a real workout. Um, um, no, Skate, we're not going to have you sing a song. Why not? Because as you know, you just, oh God, you're just such a jerk. As you know, uh, it's you did a, a song. You did a, one of your assignments for today. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. I forgot. <laughs> you forgot. Uh, so as you know, one of Skate's final assignments for the rest of the year was to do a cover song. We thought long and hard about this, Scape and I. Scape doesn't know a lot of songs other than songs that I tell him about uh, or play for him or sing for him. So um, Scape, uh, very wisely, I would say, <laughs> went with my advice on this one. Yeah, Dad picked out a song for me. He helped me pick out a song I mean. And he was like, Scape, I think this will show your range and diversity. And I was like, wow, yeah, yeah, yeah. 
So, uh, the Simon said it had to be really different from the original and really, like, different style and delivery and stuff. And I think I did that. I think I did. You did. Oh, you did. Uh, you and this original artist are pretty far apart in the spectrum of styles and, and the way that you go about things. And I, I would say subject matter. Everything, you guys are about as different as possible. Good. Yeah, because that's going to be helping for the growth. Yeah, I know. That's. I mean, that's one of the reasons I suggested it. Um, also, I thought it would be kind of funny. Well, it's supposed to rock. Well, I mean, and your version does rock, but I, I think it's kind of uh, funny. It Maybe not funny haha. Well, I don't know. Maybe. Well, I'm not supposed to be funny haha. Well, okay, good. Well, then you're then it's then it's not. Um, but basically, I, I thought you know what what could be one of the least appropriate things for Scape to do, and then this this did come to mind. Well, okay, but uh, but I did rock it out and made it kind of my own. You did absolutely. I'm not saying that to take anything away from what you did. You are pretty amazing on this track. Thank you, Dad. Thank you very much. Um, all right, so so we're gonna as we as we often do for Scape songs, we're gonna allow him to play us out of the of the show. Um, so for those of you who um, are wondering what he did, uh, you can now enjoy Scape's version of Tori Amos's Silent All These Years. Be seeing you.
on the next episode of Cast in Wax. On the final episode of Decker and Hayes, the girls finally get to the bottom of the mayor's missing daughter. He's coming? Sure thing. And I'm sure Stan will be right by his side. Great. You'll be all right to get into the office? I'll be fine. You go fetch a hooker. And on the last episode of Tractor Fiction, we get to the bottom of the secret truth behind World War II. I'm Charlton Heston, and I'll be playing Hitler, even though I did play Moses in the Ten Commandments. As for the Jews, I'm just carrying on the same policy which the Catholic Church has adopted for over 1,500 years. Plus some other unique views on history in this day in history and where are they now in history. Wow, there's a lot of things we can't do anymore in this Constitution. Does anyone else feel a little hot? Ooh, the sun's so bright today. And of course, Act 4 of Hamlet in Scapey Stories. All this and more coming your way May 10th and only on Waxwork.com. We are getting pretty close to the end of the show, so Well, yes, yes, we are. That, I think that's the point. Gosh, well, uh, what are we going to do next? I, I don't know. Yes, I don't know yet.